Actually, guys, can you give me one minute? Can I take that call? Yeah, sure. absolutely. Mike and I are ready to do this podcast with Gerald, and he walks away. Too big, too important for talking to Mike and I. I get it. It's good to be the Gerald, I guess. But All right, sorry about that. No problem. everybody and welcome back to squat cobbler this is kelly at k-e-l-l-y-t-h-u-l on twitter and instagram and i am dr mike at official pagan on everything so gang i never thought that i would do this podcast but i really i have no choice based on the article uh, that i've read so the title of today's podcast is pete townsend is a dick and so <laughs> now wait 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 before you go any further i left the door open for you to do it and you didn't do it now's the time before oh you go, you all right in. fine go ahead like subscribe yeah. <laughs> make sure you hit your notifications all right sir continue yeah so I, I recognize we've lost all the ardent pete townsend fans at this point in time but for those of you who are remaining uh please do like and subscribe for us on youtube or any other platform of your of your choice uh, we really would greatly appreciate it and thanks for listening so, uh, Mike brought to my attention, uh, recently an article was published on blabbermouth.net interviewing one of what had been one of my all time favorites, Pete Townsend. Uh, I'm a big who fan that's been established in past squat cobblers and have always really enjoyed. I think Pete's a brilliant songwriter, but at least in his older years, turning out to be a pretty horrible person. In my opinion, the, the gist of this article is he's kind of glad that John Entwistle and Keith Moon are dead. And, and he didn't really like Roger Daltrey all that much either. Uh, it was kind of one long, get off of my lawn, you kids, interview. And so I'd like to thank Mike for sharing that with me and crushing one of my heroes uh, for me at this point in time. But what was, when you read this little treasure, what was your reaction? So first off, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Blabbermouth is a hard rock and metal oriented music site. It is actually the most read hard rock and metal music site in the world. They had taken, so I, I've been reading more stuff about The Who since since I've delved deeper into The Who than I had before because of Kelly's recommendations. So, so I'm a, a more, I have a bigger appreciation for them now. Um, so I saw something about The Who. So I was like, oh, let me check this out. And uh, it was it caught me off guard and I thought it was it was going to be something like so basically he did an interview promoting the promoting air quotes question mark the, the band's upcoming album. And uh, he did an interview, I believe it was on a radio station. So Blabbermouth wrote an article about the interview and the impending <laughs> backlash that I'm sure is coming. I didn't read the comments after the article. So like Kelly said, he, he basically said that he was glad that they were dead. I thought it was going to be something like, you know, because they couldn't have stand, they wouldn't be able to stand the state of the music industry today or something like that. Like I kept waiting for that, that other piece of it that never came that, that silver lining thing like they're better off because things are terrible now or something it's like no just i'm glad they're not in this band anymore yeah it it's an it's an interview uh dripping with self-importance arrogance amazing dismissiveness to individuals uh that 
just, I don't know, I found stunning. Because what I would argue, in the middle of the article, he's like, well, they never created any bands, and they never did this, and they never did that. You know, I'd ask Pete, I'm sure he's a big squad, he listens regularly, to reflect on how successful were Pete Townsend's solo albums versus the full Who albums, when you had that, that full, full crew prior to, to Keith passing. What has he ever produced that approached, you know, the magic. And this is this was the thing that just really bothered me the most is what I truly loved about The Who was four completely different individuals who don't have to like each other and didn't like each other particularly, but they all brought something unique to the table to create something magical. Keith Moon's out-of-control machine gun drumming, John Entwistle's bass playing like nobody has played the bass before, Roger Daltrey seems built to sing Pete Townsend songs, uh, and just can put a lot of emotion uh, behind them. And then Pete, a fantastic guitarist, but not like your Jimmy Page, Stevie Vai, kind of shred, kind of uh, amazing guitarist, but kind of a mostly a rhythm-based guitarist who was able to snake through what Intwistle was laying down, what Keith Moon was laying down, and collectively to create a tremendously powerful sound. And collectively, I thought it was, it's it's really, really great stuff. And for him to kind of start to complain about, well, thank God Intwistle is gone because we started playing shows without him and now I finally had a job again. And to talk about Keith Moon didn't keep time and I had to keep time. All of those pieces are the things that made The Who sound to me unique and powerful and fantastic. And here he is bitching about it. Yeah, and particularly the comments about, you know, what did they do outside of The Who. So my initial reaction was the same as yours. Like, I'm not super familiar with giant Pete Townsend records that aren't Who related. I I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Again, not as well versed as you. So I figured you would know more about that than I would. But then as I thought about it, I thought, is his insinuation then that the Who records are basically just his records that they got to play on? (laughs) Like, was the insinuation not that he was a better solo artist or that the Who records are basically Pete Townsend records, not Who records? Yeah, I think you might be on to something. And because, and I quote from the article, Pete says, I think my musical discipline, my musical efficiency as a rhythm player held the band together. Uh, that I, I do think, now obviously he was the main writer and you can't discount that and that he, he created you know, the framework for this stuff to go in. But without an entwistle bass, without a Keith Moon drumming, those are good songs, but they become great songs when you pull and Roger singing as well. When you pull all these together, you get something very, very special. But it does seem to be Pete in his later years going like, yeah, it was all me. I mean, I carry these guys. And that's <laughs> probably the most offensive thing to me is that you can pretty consistently look across the web and see when people talk about some of the greatest bass players in the world. Intwistle's always in the conversation. Greatest drummers in the world. Keith, unique, very unique style, but always in, in the conversation. Uh, and so it just seemed very, very odd that, and, you know, I, I'm kind of sort of hoping he was doing it as a joke or to provoke a reaction, but you I mean, there's always been kind of hints that he's, he's a pretty big fan of Pete. <laughs> Pete's a pretty big fan of Pete. And maybe as he gets a little bit older, he's even bigger. The most stunning part of the article though occurred at the end. And you were, as we began to, to chat back and forth in our hours and hours of preparation 
for these shows, you brought something up that I think is worth noting, and I, I don't want to steal it because I, I think I think you uh, you picked up on probably the greatest irony of this entire interview. So I'll I'll turn it over to you. <laughs> so at the the end of the the interview, he went on a little rant that they they summed up in there of him basically dismissing the current incarnation of the Who, saying it's not a real band that they haven't been a band in years that. You know, they're not a real band anymore. They're just out there playing the who kind of thing and that they'll never do anything again, followed by the release date of their new album. (laughs) Because again, the purpose of this interview was to promote the new who album that's coming out in December, which is just titled who. So his bashing of his own band, the classic lineup of the band, his disgust of the singer of the band, still the singer of the band. And then his completely dismissive remarks on the current lineup of the band (laughs) that they're not even a real band and says they never will be again, followed by, oh, but our album comes out in December. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm doing this interview to promote it. Nice job, Pete. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just a head scratcher for me. It it just, you know, what's the point? Why would you unleash all of this stuff? And, you know, and it's just... I just think he, to a certain degree, has to be looking for a rise out of people because he throws out other little gems like, quoting from the article again, Usually I'm so unaffected by death. My mother, my father, Keith Moon, (laughs) which is a a sentence I never thought I'd hear, but okay. (laughs) It's like... Thanks for sharing. <laughs> I, I just don't get it. I mean, do you do you think he's just trying to, to stir up controversy? Because I mean, again, this was this was an interview somewhere else. Then it was picked up by Blabbermouth, and I don't know how much you follow music sites that tend to be hard rock and metal oriented. But if you make it on the Blabbermouth or Brave Words or one of the big ones like that, dozens of smaller sites will just cannibalize this and repost. So was he doing it just to promote the new Who record? It's uh, complete speculation uh, at this point in time, but it, it seems like a reasonable assumption because they, the Daltrey Townsend version of The Who, who did The Wire, their, I think, only release as a kind of Daltrey Townsend uh, configuration calling themselves The Who. It, it was actually some pretty good, pretty good stuff, uh, but I don't think it really blew the doors out on sales and didn't get a whole lot of attention. And I think there's been awareness that this one's coming out for a while. And there's not really been a lot of buzz about it. And so this is certainly a way to create conversation because <laughs> he seems to be really poking the bear a lot. I think it could be it could be calculated to say this is going to get the name, you know, back in, when I'm saying these kind of outlandish things that's going to get picked up. People are going to talk about it. Obviously, it worked. Blabbermouth picked it up and it gives them put the potential for more sales. So I, I, I got to th- think that that was in the back of his mind yeah i I personally and it again i'm not nearly as well versed in the who as kelly is i don't know pete townsend i don't know very much about him or their history especially compared to kelly and you know serious who fans i would think if i had to guess to some degree he has to be thinking well if nothing else is going to sell some records like kelly said also too i would think Maybe it's a combination of both. Maybe he was like, I'm going to say something that's going to stir some shit up and, you know, get people talking about the who again. But also it's a good opportunity for to vent a few things, you know, maybe about our singer and things like that, that that I do feel. (laughs) But, you know, under the guise of stirring up controversy for the record. Talk to your therapist next time, Pete. You know, if, if you have these things, these parts, I, it doesn't need to be in a Rolling Stone interview. Uh, it can it can be uh, in, in something else. But 
unfortunately, this topic tends to come up on a squat cobbler or two. You know, it wasn't that long ago that Mr. Townsend had all of his computers confiscated from his house and was accused initially of purchasing child pornography. And he was basically dead in the water. Nobody was stepping forward. He had an explanation and nobody was buying it. And there was a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Fair to point out that Scotland Yard cleared him of any charges. He's, he's never been charged with anything. But during that time when, you know, the, the photos are of the police hauling out Pete's computers from his house, the only person that stood beside him was Roger Daltrey. And, and then to kind of kick some dirt on Roger, just, I don't know, it's just, it's hubris in the, in the greatest degree to me. Yeah. And I don't know. So I have no idea what size venues the who are playing right now or this incarnation of the who are playing right now. I'm going back a little while. There was a who show in Philly that was not at a particularly large venue. So I do wonder you know, how, how much, like we kind of already touched on how much of this is to stir up controversy, how much of this is to get attention. There's a band, I'm not going to mention them because it's just going to sound like I'm saying negative things about them because we, we had a run in with one of their members once uh, a former member. We have no problem with the band themselves, but I don't want people to think this is related. So there was a band who at one time were there they've always been respected but at one time we're selling a lot of records and we're really major figures and major players in metal and it, it kind of cooled off in part because of, of shifts in lineup and sound and their overall image and things like that and they reunited the sort of classic lineup of the band and it barely got any notice at that point because the name had kind of been worn down so much from the different lineups and, and misfired tours and and records that didn't perform as well so there just wasn't the fanfare you would think for reuniting the classic lineup that had sold tons of records and played big venues and toured the world and all that kind of stuff so the record that they put out and i don't i'm gonna give myself away here but they they put out a record that really stunned and not in a positive way critics and fans and it, it was such an enormous departure from anything that they had done before that it was almost i would say defiantly <laughs> so a departure in a way that to me like my takeaway from it was that that wasn't an artistic choice on their part they wanted to make people hate the record they wanted people because people did there was an instant backlash but that backlash from their core fan base was everywhere there was every single day every rock and metal site was posting the negative reviews the youtube comments youtube clips of fans losing their minds about how <laughs> this band is destroying their legacy so it went from you barely ever heard about this band even their reunion barely got a flutter to this air quotes terrible record that they put out was the talk of every music site that's even vaguely rock oriented for months every day <laughs> to me that was a calculated move on their part i i believe that they set out to make a record that sounded the way that it did they was meant to put people off and get people talking about it so i more and more would fall on the side that maybe that's what he's doing and like I said, my I'm not super familiar with The Who. I don't know where they're at right now with their careers. I do know that an, an incarnation of the actual Who, not like a tribute band or anything like that, a while back came to Philadelphia and played not our largest venue here. 
It wasn't like a bar, but it was it was not one of the bigger venues here, though, either. So I wonder if is that what they're they're trying to do? Yeah, because when even Kenny Jones, who when after Keith had passed, uh, they were still filling major, major auditoriums. And I think this current incarnation. So Intwistle continued to tour after uh, the who basically had broken up at that point in time. And he was not hitting major, major venues above a bar, but not hugely above a bar. Uh, and I think they're they're starting to slide into that same kind of venue size, and I do think uh, that this this could be an attempt by Pete to kind of say, "Hey, I wanna I wanna be the big ticket in town again." So I want to kind of pull together some kind of key facts related to this episode so far. First of all, the band that Mike's talking about is Hanson. That's number one. Uh, <laughs> two, uh, Mike. Even Mike has never had computer equi- equipment removed from his house by uh, police officials. <laughs> it's and, true and three pete townsend in his current state is a dick <laughs> so these are these are my my big takeaways for this episode they are i have no problem with hansen whatsoever i'm pro hansen yeah i i think the the pagan hansen feud is well documented you know i think i think you can deny all you like i would never never want to give this band publicity <laughs> in any they're not getting the squat cobbler bump after this episode i'm going to tell you about a band that we did have a f- real feud with that is as ridiculous as if we had a feud with hansen <laughs> I'd, I'd like to try and kick up a squat cobbler feud with hansen i think that would <laughs> hey hansen guys i actually don't mind hansen i really don't i don't either i just want to pick a fight yeah. with him <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just think i have fun. nothing negative about hansen <laughs> yeah. So our dream episode will be Donald Trump and Hanson on Squat Collar. Donald Trump and Hanson. Just a debate. <laughs> Is Pete Townsend a dick or not? <laughs> Come on. But yeah, you were mentioning um, and Whistle going on playing smaller venues and things like that. When, when the Who were here, they played one of the theaters here. So it wasn't like a, a club, but it was nowhere near, you know, a large scale concert venue. Yeah, I think under kind of current incarnation and even towards the very latest time, because it's when John Entwistle was still around, he actually passed before they did the first show at the Hard Rock in Las Vegas. I think they had gotten to the point where the only places they were going to, but even, you know, the Hard Rock in Vegas isn't a massive uh, auditorium. It's good sized and and do that, but I think they were starting to kind of fall into the the mode where they, they just weren't going to fill up major stadiums anymore, which is. Oh, yeah, that's a, this was a venue that was nowhere near stadium size. All right, I've unburdened myself. I feel a little better. <laughs> it was Hanson, folks. It really was. Um, so, was <laughs> but there will be the Squat Cobbler Hanson feud, if nothing else. We're gonna we're gonna make that happen. We'll start. I assume they have a Twitter handle or something. We could we could just start calling them out. <laughs> hey, Hanson! They're gonna be like, "Who the hell are these people?" <laughs> Anytime, anywhere. Come on, bring it. Um, What's funny about it too is I like Hanson. There's nothing. I mean, I don't. I don't follow their careers or anything like. But I have nothing against them. But I'm ready to start this feud. Yeah, I, <laughs> it just feels right. It does. It does. <laughs> and it's weird because I have nothing against them. But yeah, I'll get involved in this yeah. feud. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Well, I think on that note, uh, Mike and I will uh, retire to begin to discuss uh, methods to begin our war against Hanson. So uh, with war on Hanson, <laughs> war on Hanson. Uh, which would be a good would be a good title for this episode, but we have a different one, <laughs> so we're gonna, we're gonna use that. So, as Mike caught at the beginning of the episode, I'd like to remind again: if you get an opportunity, we would greatly appreciate it if you would like or subscribe to YouTube. If you consume our content that way, iTunes, blogs, 
Stitcher, whatever your your platform of choice is to consume podcasts, uh, please uh, please like and subscribe. We would greatly appreciate it. And thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone.